You would think after 25 films, the folks behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe would have run out of ways to make a superhero film. After all, there's only so many ways to skin a cat, right? As it turns out, the answer is a firm no. And here is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in all of its glory to prove it. So, join us as we discuss the latest in a long line of MCU bangers and celebrate our first year of Script or Screen. Hello, welcome one and all to the first ever first year of Scripter Screen. Happy anniversary, happy birthday, baby, that is our podcast. Yes. As always, I am one of your hosts, the lovely Christopher Kitchen, next to me, virtually apart, miles away, should I add, I, or rather I should add, is the wonderful co-host, uh, the bearded man himself, Zach Strachman. Zach, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing good. I'm uh, facial hair and all. Dude, I gotta say, I saw you the other day when we went and saw this movie. Your beard's looking pretty good. Thank you. I just had it trimmed. I uh, you know used some some oils and and whatnot. Gotta gotta keep it fresh. Uh, well, that's good. You know, I just got this new beard wash. Haven't used it yet. Uh, it's sitting in my bathroom, and I don't know if I will ever crack it open. But perhaps perhaps I shall. What did people do before beard oils? I have no idea. Um, so yeah, I guess shampoo. I guess you know that's you know the beer. It's the beer. It's a science. It's a science. Um, and it's also magic. We come from a world where science and magic are one and the same. You know what I like to think is a product of both science and magic. Uh, is this wonderful podcast, Zach? We we are here. We've made it to a year of of podcast hosting. How does it feel? Uh, you know what? It's it's a pretty cool uh thing to to have uh, kept up with this and you know uh, nurtured this for um for for a year now, especially given the year that it's been because it's been kind of crazy. But um, uh, yeah, just you know, I'm glad we kept up with it, and we're still small, but we're growing every day, and um. We're, we're like uh, growing boys. We need our I, we need our, our whole milk and and uh, cereal. In our I just want to thank my mom. You know, I gotta say, uh, it's been fun getting back into the podcast game. I haven't, you know, the last couple I was on, uh, it's it's just been a while. So I took a nice couple year break, and now I'm back. Um, it you know, the show will evolve. We are evolving. We thank you for listening this this whole time. Um, and to celebrate uh, that year, we are going to make our first live appearance, Zach. That's right. We are hosting. I'm just kidding. We are actually going to be at um, this year's Florida SuperCon um, at the Miami Beach Convention Center coming up That's next right. week. Uh, we don't have a booth. We don't have a panel. We don't have anything. We are just walking around. Um, That's not true. We do have something. We do uh, have one thing. <laughs> stickers. We have the first official scripter screen stickers. Um, if you want a sticker, if you are at the show, or if you have a friend that will be at the show, you have to let them know that they should follow us on our social media pages, <laughs> specifically Instagram. That's at scripter screen um, to find out how they can get one. Cause we will be walking around handing them out Um and you may possibly get a script or screen sticker. Um, so be there if you can. If not, 
We'll see. We'll see what we can do for you. There are going to be many opportunities going forward where many stickers uh, will be disseminated into the masses. There, that is, I, I agree. You are correct. Um, so we thank you uh, for your ears. Uh, we appreciate them. Um, like I said, we do. follow us on our social medias and make sure you go to our website, scripterscreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash scripterscreen to listen to all of our past episodes. And there you could also find your favorite platforms, which we are available on. We're pretty much on every single platform at this point. Zach. Yes. I want to do one more piece of housekeeping before we Please. get into the show, just because uh, it is important to note that we are very hyped about a lot of movies coming out this year. That's um, right. Some of which have had uh, their premieres um, this last weekend. Um, one being uh, one last night in Soho. And I, I don't know if you've seen all these lovely uh, photos that Edgar Wright um, and crew and cast have been posting. Um, yes. I think I, I forget if it's the Venice Film Festival yeah, um, yep, Venice yeah, Film but, Festival. And also accompanied by that awesome Empire cover of like yeah. Edgar Wright's like entire film career. Um, I gotta say that was a that's a badass cover, dude. I, I don't yeah, really have many great. magazines now, but I, I can appreciate a good a good piece of um, It's kinda it's kinda cool to go in and you can kinda pick okay, oh that's from Baby Driver, that's from Scott Pilgrim, that's from uh The World's End. Dude, and then you also had uh, one little uh, Scott. Oh, you said Scott Pilgrim, but um, <laughs> I, you know, it was just really nice uh, to see all his work culminating on. I think uh, one of entertainment's biggest magazines. Um, yeah, and then the other being uh, uh, Dune had its big premiere with an apparent uh, seven-minute standing ovation. Seven-minute standing ovation. Um, however, it seems that that most people would say, and I'm purely being contrarian here for the sake of uh, that they were they were left with uh, the feeling that they wanted more so we will um, s- we will see I've, I've said I've said it before I've said it before uh, one of the best compliments you can give something is that you want more of it so that, that is true that's why I keep recording this podcast there you um, go. At, along with yourself um, but we're not here to dwell on on these uh premieres and things it's just great to see that these movies are coming out and they will have their day in the sun they will they will um but we are here today to discuss uh the highly anticipated next chapter in the marvel cinematic universe shang chi and the legend of the ten rings i I gotta say it's great to be back in the superhero conversation because we we just took a long too long of a break if you ask me yeah it's it's funny though because i was um i was thinking about it and i'm like Right before the pandemic started, the last movie we got was Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And then only the, f- well, I guess the fourth movie back after the pandemic will have been another Spider-Man film. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, we didn't even mention that the trailer was leaked and then released officially. And oh, my God, that trailer. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I, I'm calling it now just so it can be said on the podcast. Far from home, or not far from home. Uh, what is this one called? No way home. <laughs> no, no way home. We'll have the biggest domestic opening since Infinity War. I don't you know for here, sure. Folks. I don't know for sure if it'll be Endgame, but even in pandemic times, I think it'll it'll 100% beat Infinity War. 
That is my prediction. You heard it here first. I'm putting money on it, um, as I do with most of these freaking movies, and I lose every <laughs> single time. Yeah, you know this, but I, oh, I'm yeah. a betting man. I have a problem. I need to get help. <laughs> um, but that's all good in the future. We're talking about the present. We're talking about the ass kicking, the 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 uh, joke talking, the cool ass fight doing Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, the newest entry, the first cinematic. Uh, MCU entry that is post uh post Spider-Man Far From Home I guess would be the best thing to say post yeah. Endgame I I would uh, agree. I mean, yeah, I guess cuz Black Widow wasn't and then uh you know, Homecoming was well, Homecoming. Oh my god, Far I keep From getting, Home. Yeah, Far From Home. Um, Spider-Man was like almost right after, but but this is good. I like this. Yes. Shang-Chi. We this is very highly anticipated. Um how about we go through some you want to? How do you want to do this? We got to do our non-spoilery talk, our spoilery talk, and we got to talk about like the you know the movies. Yeah. So, so hit, how about you? You give them the synopsis, and we'll break down the uh, you know the cast and crew. Uh, just give our general opinions, and then we'll we'll just boom, uh, get, go into spoiler land. So I didn't really find a synopsis that I just absolutely loved this one seems very generic uh mm-hmm. and i'm not even going to read the whole one just because this is from i don't know what rotten tomatoes is doing this time around but they they did not have perfect one but i i will take an excerpt from it um shang chi and the legend of the ten rings Shang-Chi. excuse me shang chi and the legend of the ten rings stars simu Liu as shang chi who must confront the past he thought he left behind when he is drawn back into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. Yeah. That's I mean, like, that's, that's the, I, I, that was like nothing. I did not like this synopsis. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets you enough going. You know, I said it before with uh, Black Widow, and I'll say it here now. I got to a point about two weeks out from from this film where I had to stop looking at advertisements that would come up on social media and stuff. Cause I'd be like, I don't want to have to get to this movie. And I'm like, I've seen everything and I don't know what it is about modern day movies. I guess they're so desperate to get butts and seats, but like they, I feel like as the closer you get to a film's release, they there's like this compulsion by the studios to release these advertisements with like, pretty crucial plot reveals in them. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to say, like, after maybe the first or second trailer, I I don't know, I just feel like I've been so busy that it, and then I've said this with the last couple of films, or, or you know, superhero films that we've watched, I just haven't been able to pay attention, really, because they all, they, they just kind of blast, you know, my social media feeds and everything, and at that point, I'm like, okay, I don't know how much bandwidth I have. Like, I just watched that last mm-hmm. Eternals trailer that came out, and I'm pretty sure that'll probably be the last thing I watch from Eternals until that yeah, release. Yeah, I I want to go into that one knowing as little as possible uh, beyond yeah. like what my mind can kind of guess is going to happen, yeah. and then uh, just just be wowed by that. Um, so yes, we have this little film, Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, directed by one Destin Daniel Cretton. Um, just want to pull up his his past work see if there's anything i can oh he he did just mercy 
um, the film that Ooh. starred uh, one um, Michael B. Jordan. Kill, I was going to say Killmonger and uh, <laughs> Carol Danvers. Uh, I see. Um, he also directed the um, the live action uh, The Glass Castle back in 2017, which I did not see, but I've read the book. How was it? What is? Uh, I, I've never actually heard of the book or the film. It's it's like a story about a like a I don't know if you call it memoirs, but it's like a, about a girl who grew up with very uh, abusive father. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, directed by Daniel Destin Daniel Cretton, written by Cretton David uh, Dave Callahan and Andrew Lanham. Cinematography by Bill Pope. Music by Joel P. West. Um, I'm unfamiliar with his work, but he did pretty good here. And, uh, you know, it it literally just released uh, this past uh, weekend. We saw it, like, opening night. Pretty big turnout, at least in our theater, I would say. I would say all but, like, that bottom floor of seats were filled. Like, no even one the ones that are pushed. There. You know what's funny is I remember I sat there for what movie most recently? Probably The Last Jedi when I first saw it. I sat okay. in the very first row. Well, we, I know, I know, we sat there for um, what do you call it? Um, oh, for Far uh, from Home. Captain Marvel. Oh, and, was yeah, it f- Captain Marvel? Both. Was f- oh, did we do it for Far From Home? I forget. Yeah, because we bought our tickets last minute. Now we've learned. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, this movie is 132 minutes, and I don't know about you, uh, I definitely got to a point in this movie where I was like. Man, I can't tell how long I've been sitting here, but it like I just am enjoying. Like I wasn't at any point like, oh my god, like how much longer is this gonna be? I was like, this is awesome. I could just keep watching this. Yeah, I I definitely felt like at maybe at some point I felt like I figured where the first hour of the film like kind of ended, and I and mm-hmm. I want to say it was right after. Um, I want maybe uh, after they they went to um oh. see his the sister i can't get really get into it without yeah. spoilers but we're, anyways we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna allow ourselves to uh to to dig in in a minute let's talk about the 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 cast here we got uh simu liu as uh zhu shang chi or sean uh aquafina as katie chang love um, aquafina yeah she's great uh Meng Er Zhang, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, as Zhu uh, Jialing. Uh, Which was a surprise uh, for me. I had no idea that um, sh- she was in this film. Ver- well, more so the character than uh, the actress. Okay, because I was going to say, this is literally the actress's uh, 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 Meng Er Zhang. This is her first film role. Okay. This is her first like on-screen role ever. Okay. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, mostly she had done like theater work before this. Yeah. Uh, we have Tony Leung as uh, Zhu Wenwu, um, who, you know, th- this is MCU's attempt to course correct on the Mandarin. Yeah, I actually like how they addressed it in the film, too. Yes. Uh, Fala Chen as Ying Li, Michelle Yeoh as Ying Nan. Uh, ben fucking Kingsley <laughs> as goddamn Trevor Slatery. We will get to him because for sure he's awesome. Uh, Benedict Wong as Wong. 
I don't know how to pronounce this dude's last name. Florian Montenu as Razor Fist. And then one Ronnie Chang as Zhang Zhang. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Chang. Hilarious dude. Uh, really funny in the movie. I, I was going to say, have you seen his stand-up? Yes. He's a, he is a pretty funny guy. Yes, he is. Um, so, Chris, with with uh, with no spoilers, what did you think of Shang-Chi Dude, and Legend of the Ten Rings? Um, you know, it's, where do I start? I feel like this is totally, and I think you feel the same way, this was not at all a Marvel film by what they set up in the last 24 other films. This was something so different mm-hmm. um, that you almost forgot you were watching um, like something based in that universe, you know? Like it was still like it, like action fantasy-esque, right? Um, y- but it, yeah. I don't know, it just covered, I, I just feel like because they're exploring this whole new culture um, and character, it allowed them to do things that they weren't able to do because we were focused on, you know, all these white men before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel I, you. Um, I, I, like it, it's, I feel like it has almost the same effect that, that black Panther did, um, you know, for the African community as like Shang Chi does like for the Asian community. And even like for me that like, I don't, I don't really know much about either of those communities, you know, like, or or like the heritage and the things that are are in them. I just know, you know, whatever I see on TV or or read. Um, So it it just put me in a whole new world. And I really liked that. I, I mean, that we got that opportunity. Like I, because you never know how much somebody would like something until you put it out there. So this was like awesome. This, I love seeing this stuff. Yeah, it definitely, kind of like you said, it feels, um, it feels so so different from the standard Marvel fare that um, you almost forget that you're watching um, an MCU film. Yeah. Until someone like name drops something and you're like, oh right. Yeah, like um, or, or like the a certain face appears and you're like, oh yeah, like. But at the same time, like I just like these. Um, though though I feel that some of the uh, the relationships were a little like, uh, kind of trope esque. Uh, mm-hmm. In a way, um, I I don't think I was ever really like, um, you know, not I was not entertained by any of it. Um, I feel like all the action sequences were killer. These they were all, some of the best that we've seen to date. Um, there there were parts where some of the CGI just didn't, I didn't feel was right, but not in a bad way. Just like um, maybe they just took a different approach, at least towards the you know the end of the movie rather than in the beginning. Um, in this uh, train, not train, this like bus fight that we've seen in all the social media and stuff, there right, were some right. parts that I I felt you know maybe could have used a little bit more compositing, um, but that that wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, and then I love the fact that they this was a a multilingual film, you know yes. that was such a surprise, and that that shouldn't come to, to a spoiler or as a spoiler to you know any of you guys listening, but um, it's so refreshing. Uh, as I'm trying to get more into like like international cinema and, and and things of other languages, I just went and saw that um the Lupin the first the th- or the third Lup- film Lupin the third yeah yeah um and uh, that one I just saw only in in uh, Japanese with the mm-hmm. English subtitles, but like you don't we don't really get that many experiences unless we go out and look for them um, in certain like 
theaters it's, or if you watch them online, but like in the theater, it was really nice to hear um, Mandarin yeah, being spoken in front of us and then English when they would switch around. It's very similar, kind of like you said with um, Black Panther, how they had several Wakandans speak uh, Kosa, yeah. which is a real African language, obviously. And um, and it just, it does help kind of cement this as like, you know, this isn't just like Americans attempting to culturally appropriate. It's people who are passionate about the cultures being represented, um, uh, doing a service to them, at least as far as I could tell. And I think the reaction from the uh, Asian community has been has been positive. I mean, um, I gotta say the, the total reaction of the film is doing well. Like, I mean, I know I, I read this from Rotten Tomatoes, but the film right now, its its current score is like a 92 percent Rotten Tomatoes on the in Certified Fresh, and the audience score is ninety eight percent. You know, like people are are loving this. Um, yeah, and I know that's well, just one, awesome. One uh, outlet, but I mean, it's I want to say it's the general consensus consensus for most of the other outlets as well. Yeah, I mean it's the the movie's awesome. Uh, I have very few problems with it, um, which we'll get into well when we talk spoilers. But um, just just this is this is a great movie. The action is exhilarating. The acting, top notch, especially um, with uh, uh, some of the uh, antagonistic characters. Uh, there's some outstanding acting, and um, like I said, once it does kind of like extend itself out to to reference the bigger universe uh those moments are very cool because it's very different i feel to how they typically do it in other films you know what's funny is that i like that they chose like you know only certain characters to to bring up in this but it's not like the ones that maybe you'd think um right it, but there there's all there's this big relationship that you have that you know they can pick and choose it's not like in you know, you don't have your your main th- four anymore, right? We don't have um, uh, Thor, uh, Captain America, um, Iron, Iron Man, Man? And, and and Hulk. Like versus, like if back in in the day, I feel like I just want to see those four like appearing in the <laughs> other films, and we kind of did. Uh, but now they get to pick and choose from like kind of the greater ensemble of, of characters. There's that, a lot of uh, a lot of people that uh, you never know who's going to pop up. Exactly, and it's kind of nice, you know, could be. Because a lot of these other these other, I mean, characters that they're utilizing, like they should be getting more screen time. They were some of the better parts of some of their movies. Um, yeah, you know, like so. <laughs> I I would say before we dig too deep into it, let's uh let's just go ahead. We'll slap a spoiler warning onto it now. Um, if you haven't seen Shang Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, go see it because it's awesome. It kicks ass. It's not going to be on Disney Plus for what forty five days. Oh, is that the deal? Um, you know, I funny? I that's that's I what didn't know I think. Let me let me verify. I'm it's checking not one my of those, sources. Those day one releases. No, it, it was they were specific that it was not going to do that. Uh, home media, yeah, it's gonna. Have, it has a 45 day exclusive theatrical release. Okay, well that's good. Oh, you know it's funny. We didn't really talk about box office numbers. I think I saw something a little earlier that was a little more disappointing. Um, it's that I didn't... made. It has, it's 53 million in the box office as of today. Today's Saturday, and that's yeah. recorded, so we don't know what today's number, Saturday's numbers will will add to that. But that's just Thursday and Friday, so 53 million. That's a little bit, that's a little under a third or over a third of its budget, and it's I think it's 150 million total. Uh, you know, before marketing. Yeah. Um. So that's 
pretty good for an opening two days, I guess. Um, so I, I really hope it generates uh, a lot more. Um, and, I think and it will. Everybody we're, we're, going just... in, we're going into a long weekend. Labor Day's coming up, so... Yeah, so I I'm think tired of these underperforming superhero films. Well, blame the pandemic. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because, you know, listen, Black Panther was a billion-dollar uh, movie, so... So I, I think uh, if if this film had the same opportunities and wasn't coming out in the middle of a pandemic, uh, it would definitely make tons of money. Moolah. Well, anyways, uh, full spoiler warning. Moving forward, we will go into depths. Um, so please stop now, go watch the film, and then come resume the podcast and enjoy our voices. There it is. Three, two, one. Get out. Um, so before we dig into... All the stuff that I loved about this film, I just want to get the negatives out of the way, and then we don't even have to bother with them. Okay. And then, and then, because because I liked I was almost say, everything. Do you really have many negatives? I feel like you've I have that one. a small a small smattering of them. Okay. I just want to I just want to address because I I like to be like I I don't like to get so swept up into my hype for a genre that I like that I'm like blind to any faults that are there. This, you know, no movie is perfect. Uh, this movie did have a few things that I thought could have been improved on a little bit, but but nothing so glaring that it ruined my time. Um, and I just want to get them out of the way fast so we can gush about this film. All right. uh, first things first. This is more, I guess, uh, a fault of the marketing team uh, than the actual filmmakers. But they advertised Death Dealer, the character of Death Dealer, who is a uh, non-speaking role. Uh, they advertised this character way too much. I, yeah. Um, I, I think you're 100% right on that one. He was on the posters. He, was, he had action figures. There was internet speculation about who this was going to... who the reveal was going to be of who they were. And... I think when you have a character that's in full-on face paint and is has a mask um, and they're advertised as much as they are, I think you're inviting speculation uh, and you're, you're kind of telling your audience, hey, you know, this is someone you better be paying attention to. And then when we get to the actual movie, Death Dealer is in, like, what, three scenes, basically? <laughs> Yeah, his He's, his his death was a little less than uh He literally gets carried off and like, you know, like you know, soul sucked and and then he's dead and you're just like, "Oh, he had one cool fight scene which I will say I really enjoyed his one-on-one fight scene with uh with Shang-Chi, but like Razor Fist, who is like another kind of just silly villain character. Yeah, yeah. What did I tell you? I said in the theater, so next time I'm like, I wonder if Laser Fist and then uh, Ra- Laser Fist, Razor Fist and Laser Face from Guardians ta- 2 have taser like a face. Taser Face. I don't give a f- sack. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, I wonder if they have like gonna... a support group every yeah. week. <laughs> lame, lame name villains. It's so, he had his name painted on his car. That was so it's, stupid. No, it's great. It's like a modern day pussy wagon. Oh, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, even like Razor Fist, who's a silly character, uh, had so much more to do in the movie than Death Dealer. And I was just like, I kind of like, I feel like that was some 
spoiled, wasted potential. Um, but whatever. We're, he he did get a cool fight, and we're moving on. Yeah. The middle of the movie, I felt kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but again, not a major problem because the stuff, the details surrounding the uh, the Shu family and the, all the mystery and uh, mythology for uh, uh, what's the the place called Talo. Uh, that's that was interesting. So let me ask you something. I, yes. I don't know if you, if you know this, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like, is, no, is Talo, um, I thought in the comics it was supposed to be uh, the same place that Iron Fist was from. Kunlun? Kunlun, or am I, am I wrong? I, I, I don't know. Because I know that they have some sort of partnership in, in the comics. Obviously, this is an adaptation. Um, yeah. So Plus, I think I I think uh, Marvel would like to forget that um, Iron Fist existed. Yeah, it is not a, a very good series. I remember really enjoying the music from it. I, I watched like the first six episodes. I think that was yeah. Yeah, it just it's it's whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think they wanted to kind of let let Shang Chi forge its own identity. But um, I, I'm I could sure also Tom... be. I, I'm also willing to accept that I'm very wrong, and and no, that's not the case. I know nothing about this character. <laughs> I do know that. Um, I think Talo is is from the comics. I, I'm also not super well versed in um, in the the comic book um, origins of of this character, but I'm willing to bet they didn't just pull it out of thin air. Yeah. Um, okay, my next gripe. Um, I think you kind of touched on this. There are, um, I think by the end, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of CGI. Some of it works. Some of it, I felt you could tell there was, uh, some people were just composited into green screen a little oddly. What's the one instance you're specifically referring to? Well, (laughs) I, I have one. You may have a different one. I think there's, so you know, there's the big door that the evil uh, monster is behind and uh, when Wu he like stands up in front of it and I'm like you're you're not really standing there you know a lot of the scenes are um, you know or shots around that scene Mm -hmm. even when looking at at, at Shang um, they would have like their little close ups I could see like the feathering around their faces that like it's what you get when you cut them out from like the green screen yeah. That they're shooting on, I was like, ah, you know, like that. That could look better, but you know, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna take away from because there were a lot of stuff that did look really cool. Um, yes, agreed. like I'll tell you, the whole introduction where like they were kind of driving through like the shuffling bamboo forest, like yes. in the cars, like that. I mean, though that CGI wasn't perfect, I still loved all the motion and everything we got from it. I thought that looked super cool. It was um, cool, and and all the creatures too. Um, I know that I, I think you actually went and looked up, like you know, in terms. I of, tried like, to. Mythology. I tried to. There's going to be of, there's going to be some uh, some historian who's like, uh, actually, no. I, I but I just loved like the way that these characters looked um, in in the film, like just like design wise. I thought they looked so crazy, and then you got this freaking creature, Morris. He's yes. like hilarious, number one, and he's just like a headless. Dumbo and he's covered like in fur. Chi- he's like a little furry chicken thing. I, I don't know. He's or it or they. It's hilarious. Um, yes. And you know what? This movie was kind of 
I, I feel like it had a lot of puns or like it had a, there were a lot of comedic beats that I personally enjoyed. I know I heard, we heard from one of our friends that saw that he, he didn't like a lot of the lines I coming from, I think specifically Katie uh, or um, well, uh, Aquafina's well, character. And I disagree. I, I loved Aquafina's yeah, I wanna, character. I want to save, I want to save talking about her specifically. Cause um, I think uh, comparing her to some of the other comic relief, if you want to call it that, characters in other Marvel movies, we can see how she stands out and how she doesn't kind of go down the same areas where other characters have kind of not been great. I, I was just I, that was my my um, transition from Morris, but but just going back to the CG stuff, like I think overall, like everything for the more or less was was okay. Like I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even I mean, Abomination's new CG looked freaking awesome. Yeah, well, I think they probably put some some extra uh, love into that scene because uh, it was it was what they marketed the film on. But sure. um, I do want to touch on one last gripe I had with the film, and then we're done with that. And that's that. Okay, so Wen Wu, fantastic villain. Uh, Tony Le- Leung uh, killed it. We will touch on the the details of his characterization in a little bit but he was a fantastic emotionally compelling villain and someone who I was like really interested to see how it wrapped up between him and Shang uh as as the movie came to its climax but the we kind of get uh traded off he he gets killed and uh replaced by a big mindless CGI monster with approximately zero personality or emotional connection to Shang-Chi or uh, Jiling. Uh, and yeah. So, it, like, so part they of kinda, me is, they like... They kind of pull a, uh, a Dawn of Justice situation. A little bit. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. It, no, like, not that bad, but, like, it, it's, a, it's down that line. Because, like, like, I go, like, I mean, it's cool. Like, listen... I, I love big monster giant monster movies. Kaijus are my shit. But like when I was watching this it, was I'm not like a kaiju. No, it wasn't. But I'm just like I'm just saying like I like seeing cool CGI monsters and stuff. Right. But I was like now I know there's there, obviously they're gonna win, but it's like now there's like I felt like there was no tension in the in the finale because I was like, of course they're gonna kill this giant nameless monster. It didn't even get like a proper title. It was just called like the one the 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 watcher in the darkness or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, of course, of course they're gonna they're gonna defeat it and cuz cuz there's no there's no like stakes here. It's it's a big CGI monster. It's you know, whatever. Well, it's, you know, I you know what I think is even the bigger waste is like just how you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, mm-hmm. is just how they treated, um, you know, the Mandarin, right? Though Wen that's Wu. Not Wen Wu. Um, I, I agree with you that they kind of gave him this weird, um, uh, like, purpose, like, in the film. Like, and, and by the end of it, like, he, and I guess that, like, his life was different in the end than it was in the very beginning. He's been alive for a thousand years, and so his his ideas change. But, like, I really wish that they kind of would have reverted him back to his like his real like roots from from the beginning of the film like and that's the kind of 
uh, antagonist that we saw at the end. I feel like well, they would have been worth a lot more I than, like than Big that Giant he Monster. Was, well, yeah, I like that he was a conflicted, uh, a, a compelling and nuanced villain, because it's like, I like the idea that he was doing something bad for some for a good reason like he oh was, but it's because he, he was crazy in the end like he wasn't no, crazy no it, no it wasn't that he was crazy it was just that he he was being tricked oh when um, you hear thoughts that aren't actually there zach right he's being i'd i'd call that crazy tr- well no because it was a it was a it was <laughs> a ga- creature i'm gaslighting uh, right anyway <laughs> but i i thought he was interesting that he was a compelling villain in that he wasn't just like I'm evil and now I do evil thing. It was like I he was a man who fell in love, his wife died, and ever since then he is just he has felt empty and hollow and so so to see that be his driving motivation of I want to get my wife back and I will do literally anything to do it. I'm like that's interesting. That's really cool. Like I can I can empathize with that. I can relate to that. And then he gets snatched away. They they made him so sympathetic that by the end he actually actively is helping the the hero Shang Chi, and and he dies kind of fighting for the side of good. I guess we, what was weird to me is like this, um, you know, like the progression of time between like the main fight between uh, the people of Talo and the Ten Rings. Um, and then you would like, they would cut to him like punching against the rocks and then, Mm -hmm. uh, Shang and him fighting. Um, and, but it was just, I don't feel like that the time was really matching. Like, uh, or I I guess the passing of time was matching, uh, either scene when they would cut between these, these events. Um, like, I, I just felt like there was this weird, um, like stutter between pacing, um, in those moments. And, and I feel like that's because... Yeah, I, I think that this uh, is drawn from my conclusion of like uh, I didn't like his his motivation at the end. Um, but you know, I do agree with you. I, I like that they kind of brought him back in in a way to like the you know he was he was helping them out in the end. However, um, you know there there could have been more done with him. I feel um, that that yeah. sucks that like we got him back for one other movie and then that was it. The, the Ten Rings are here to stay, but right. everything else. You know, well, we will see. So let's the uh, outside of that. I I think that's my only other gripe. Uh, that's for for this film. Um, I oh my other thing is kind of just a stupid thing where it's like the guy Guangbo got carried off by the demons and Katie just stood there and watched it happen and didn't like try to save him and I was just like the fuck are you doing that man taught you how to use a bow and arrow well. <laughs> Can I bring it to real life? I mean, I feel like to say some people get kind of stuck in paralyzed. No, I, I, I'm joking, but I mean, just like... <laughs> right, I get it. But it was one of those things of like, I was like, wow, she l- literally just let that guy die. <laughs> no, you know, it's cool. She only learned how to use that thing. Just, I don't know, within seven days? I guess, if that's how long it was. I think they said something like six or seven days. Um, But, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. The rest of this movie kicked ass. Let's talk about the cast. Simu Liu, our lead, uh, great actor, did a fantastic job here. He nailed the physicality, the emotion. Um, he kind of rode that line between silly and serious and between, like, 
a confident martial artist and someone who is conflicted about the things they have to do. Listen, it's important to note, Zach, yes. that we had this issue in the film. We were watching like, wait, how old is he supposed to be? And yeah. we have to remember that the film takes place in the year 2024. And so if he was like 1996, I think was his birth year or something like that, he would be mm-hmm. around 28. The actor's around 32. And mm-hmm. so I, I think with that logic, he looks the part. And I like that he also acts the part. You know, like I liked, dude, I love these scenes where, where him and Katie are just like in the bar and like just like talking with their friends and just, I mean, we only got it twice, but they mm-hmm. really did put us in the moment that they, they, they have like that childlike sense before they're 30. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm dwelling on it. Um, but it's it's just nice to see. Yeah, I think he really he embodied the physicality of the character. He embodied the just the attitude, uh, both before he he assumed the role and and after. You know, I and I really like. Of course, that. there's that funny um, the the funny thing of like when when Marvel announced they were doing Shang Chi and he I guess tweeted at them like, hey, you know, Hire hit me. me up, and and then they did. They're like, oh yeah. Like for sure. That I mean that was awesome. Yeah. Um sorry, I just had a little burp. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> gas happens. Um let's talk about Aquafina. Uh as uh Katie Chang. She was she was pretty funny here. Um I do, I will say some of her jokes I, there was no point where I was like, "Oh my god, you're annoying." But I was a few points where I was like, mm, you know, maybe because I'd heard the joke where, you know, after they the they stop the bus and she looks over the trash the trash man and she's like we make a good team maybe it's because I had heard that a few times in the trailers leading up to it that I was like okay dude I don't even remember that in the trailers <laughs> so I I mean I thought most of it if not all of her stuff was good I love Aquafina um, I think yeah, she's, she's in everything I've seen her I've loved her and I think I'll continue until uh, I die yeah and you know she she is kind of the heart of the film and like the the she she does have some good emotional stuff to bounce around with uh, Simu Liu with especially because it's like this is somebody she's known for ten years who has been hiding his life and his past from her, um, and it's really it's really interesting that you know you get to you can have all these like cool kind of like moments between her and uh and shang chi where it doesn't fall into the trope of like oh she's the love interest and 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 that's that's you know now's the part where they fall in love i mean there's a few like teases to that but but it doesn't have to happen for their characters yeah it's nice also what is with this like now we have like three people with bows and arrows in the mcu we got to worry about now and that's quite concerning no, no, I'm all for it. Our <laughs> archers are cool, um, and and they can do. You know what? Get, set up Katie I, I, Chang with with uh, some some what do you call them? Like cool gimmick arrows. I just w- can't wait for the moment where she goes up to like Mister Fantastic in the future. She's like, nothing makes sense. I have a bow and arrow, and everybody has lasers and powers. Nothing makes right. sense. You know, like exactly. I, well, if she's using moment. cool dragon scale 
arrows. Can we all right? Can we talk about some of like the the costumes and set design and and just pieces? Because I absolutely love uh, the costumes, dude. I love the fa- and they, I like that they're taking it from like the lore of the film and it, it kind of embedded its way. Um, and and also the lore of, of of the comic in general, just like the dragon scale, like arrows and like like outfits or like mm-hmm. almost armor or something like that. Like it, it just, it, I think it translates a lot better. However, I'll, I will say the one thing I, I thought was kind of lacking was that he was still wearing like his high tops at the end of the movie <laughs> in the costume. No, I'm all for it. I'm all and for I, it. I wish they gave him a, like a, a more of a full kind of uniform than just like the top. Well, um, you know me, I, I was in the theater when, when uh, Michelle Yeoh brought out the costumes. I'm like, how did they know their measurements? Yeah, you did. That. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's a good point. Um, but you know what I loved even earlier in the film? Like he has like that, right. That, that red jacket with like a gray sleeves. But then right. when he flips it inside out, it's, it's blue and orange. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of has like this iconic look that you, I'm reminded of Goku and Dragon Ball Z. Of course. And, and it turns out that, that director, uh, Mr. Cretton himself, he actually took it, from Dragon Ball, he wrote in this. So I have I have an article right here um, that he was interviewed by the uh, media website Geek Culture. Cool. He says, um, "I grew up on Dragon Ball Z, and I oh, used yeah. uh, a clip of Goku son doing the Kamehameha. I showed that as one wait, of the clips. Wait, Goku son. He wrote, he wrote Goku son. Oh, Goku son. Oh, because that doesn't it doesn't help that Goku's surname is Son. It does not. Um, but he kind of he used Dragon Ball as like a point of like yeah uh, inspiration for the film, and you know we kind of get that between like the relationship between uh, Shang and his father, as well as like you know I I can see that as like you know both Bardock and and Kakarot, right? Or even like like kind of well, Goku and Gohan as well. Um, like I, I don't know. He he talks Listen, about like the father son like uh, as, in the article he talks about like them like in the battle. With, as like, a man who has uh, chosen uh, to br- to mark his own skin with the visage of Son Goku, um, I don't know if I necessarily uh, agree with Mister Cretton's uh, analysis of the father son dynamics no. at play in Dragon Ball, but. I can appreciate I can appreciate uh, him wanting to pay homage. Maybe I'm not I'm not uh, referencing the right parts of the articles, but I feel like uh, I really I really like seeing that in there, um, just because it's not it often was, I film I see filmmakers uh, reference some Toriyama work and yes it was I, it was very I'm, cool to I'm see they even uh, they even name dropped Kamehameha. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that was that was very cool. Uh, at the very end, uh, uh, Aquafina, she got to be like, oh, yeah, it's a Kamehameha thing, and I'm like, ha, I I understood that reference. There you go. Um, let's ship now to uh, uh, Meng Erzhang. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, um, but uh, as uh, Jia Ling, who is uh, Shang-Chi's sister... For someone's first film screen acting performance, uh, she did a really good job. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's funny. I had no idea this. Like I said, this character was even in the movie. This character was not advertised, and I didn't even like. I'm not very versed on Shang Chi as a comic book character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I was 
kind of happy to see that it wasn't just like a buddy cop, you know, Aquafina and, and Simu Liu. Um, that like they added some other elements into the mix. Like it, I remember when he said like, oh, my sister. And I, that was like after like 20 minutes into the film or something like that. Right, right. But right before uh, we go to her like a fight club, if you will. Um, and I, I was super into that idea. I was like, oh man, like who is this person? Like, and she kind of blew our minds uh, both like throughout the duration. She's like this accomplished uh, fighter um, kind of, this is where I, I want to go with like the, the trope esque stories. Like she wasn't allowed to fight. And so she learned in like the shadows and she was better than all the rest. Like, you know, that was at one point I thought she was going to be death dealer, you know? Um, well, yes. Cause, cause they heavily implied that death dealer was somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that was just one of the moments where I feel like, ah, you know, I maybe that could have been better. But like by the end of it, you know, I'm super excited with where her character is going to go in the future and how she ties into the rest of the, uh, you know, the MCU. Uh, yeah. Ten rings are returning, Zach, and we better be looking out because right, lots of changes yeah, are being be, made at this point. It will definitely be interesting um, to see where she goes. Apparently, uh, she she worked with uh, Ben Kingsley. Um, and got got uh, tips from Ben Kingsley as to the differences in acting on stage versus acting in front of a camera, um, because that was her main uh, acting background as she did stage work um, in, I believe, in China before uh, taking on this role. So uh, Ben Kingsley... I, I like offer. that Ben Kingsley likes to give is is giving acting advice for his role, which where he also plays an actor. He must have loved <laughs> loved this his role in this film than in Iron Man three. Right. Well, like 10 I, wanna, times more. I definitely want to talk about him in a sec, but first let's talk about uh, the the main antagonist of this film, Tony Leung as Wen Wu. Uh, Tony Leung is a terrific actor my recommendation for everybody uh listening is uh to look up the film uh, in the mood for love because he is that's uh what i know him from and he is a just just a fantastic actor i thought he was really good um i i gotta say i think he plays a very good like immortal thousand year old man <laughs> like i i think he carries or like he did carry that at times, you know, or he maybe always, just some words, but like, I just, I don't know. There's something about like his stature. I just feel like, you know, I, there's I, this, to- a, a level I know of what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, he, he seems like somebody who's been around. He's seen it all before. Um, very little takes him off guard. And, um, just the, the way he, he acts in some scenes where I'm just like, you can just, you can, you can, it's the emotion is palpable, you know. I I think of like when when he, it's like getting down to the wire and he's face to face with Shang Chi in uh as they're fighting in Talo, and um, and he hear like you know Shang Chi is like hey like it's not too late we can stop this now and everyone can be cool, and he hears the the big ass monster from inside the portal pretend to like call to him as his wife one more time and you you see tears in his eyes where he's just like i can't i can't and i'm just like oh my god like this is a fantastic uh bit of acting we're getting for this character yeah i mean i want to go back to what i was saying earlier like 
kind of end that dinner scene mm-hmm. where it, it, we get him, uh, his children, and Katie at the table. And so he's discussing the origins uh, of, you know, his, uh, I guess, his conquest, um, mm-hmm. as well as, like, the phony Mandarin versus himself and mm-hmm. and making that separation, uh, which, one, I thought that was very clever of them. Um, you know, they talked about this guy, like, appropriating uh, and using just the, the imagery for just these weird things. But um, And then he talks about, like, you know, where real power and strength came from. Um, and I in that moment... And then he he talks to Katie about like oh what's what's your name or like your real name your Chinese name and yeah. then he talks about like how it, it it kind of brings them back to like their history their heritage like their family like and I I felt like those moments were were very real like you know close to jaw drop jaw dropping for me um that was like man this guy's a solid actor like it's, I I was really enjoying it yeah it's a great he did he did a great job and you know it's such a so, like, the whole thing with the Mandarin, it's such a heavy subject because the character in the comics is so steeped in old, messed up, like, racial stereotypes. Like, you yeah. know, in the comics, there was a time when the, the Mandarin was the same as Dr. Fu Manchu. And I know when they, you know, started making this film, there was a big you know, kind of, like, gut reaction from people of, like, hey, don't do not do Fu Manchu. And I think, like, Kevin Feige and a lot of them had to be like, hey, we're, trust us, we're not even touching that. Yeah. Um, which, and again, I've been saying this since uh, 2013. Um, anyone who complains about Iron Man 3 not having the comics accurate Mandarin, I'm sorry, but who the fuck wants to see a horrible Asian racist stereotype uh, as as the villain of a movie? Uh, I know I don't. Um, and I think it's crazy that people say that, like, Iron Man 3 is bad when I'm like, it actively rejected a terrible interpretation of a character. Did you ever watch that um, that Iron Man adaptation on Nickelodeon? Not like it wasn't like a two D cartoon. It was like that weird kind of two and a half three D thing where it was like teenage Iron Man and and teenage Rhodey and teenage no, I Mandarin. Oh, I, teenage you know, Mandarin. No, it, it, I mean I say teenage. It, they could have been however old, but I'm pretty sure they were much younger than how they are supposed to be. And I remember watching that at the time. I think right before Iron Man three, thinking like that would have been that was an interesting adaptation for the Mandarin. I want to say it was less um, uh, insensitive uh, and a little more kind of like devious, like mani- like this guy. I don't know. Maybe I, th- that show may have not aged well, so I don't want to necessarily <laughs> recommend it. But um, it was just an interesting look at the character. Um, All I know is if you go back and you look at like the the old comics from like the seventies, you look yeah. at the Iron Man comics that feature the man. I mean, one Iron Man's in a tin can. Like that ain't that's who doing nothing. Well, I was just about. I just mean even if you look like at like old stuff from like Shang Chi um, comics, uh, it's it's pretty bad. So yeah, I was never I was never one that like I was like oh I I can't wait to see comics accurate in Mandarin because I'm like that's just something we need to keep dead and buried. Um, and getting to see this scene that you were talking about where he talks about the the american or or the the fake mandarin and how 
they call him the Mandarin in America because of like, you know, they, they named him after a, a chicken dish and stuff and how absurd that is. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, that, that's a great scene. It's very meta. It's very uh, on point for the character. And he did such a good job of just humanizing and making this just a really strong character um, regardless of of any past uh, association with it. But we do get our old fake Mandarin back. Uh, you know what's, what's funny? Right before we, we get into Ben Kingsley, I just want to discuss uh, at, at length Iron Man 1 um, okay. at a very oh. small length. Yes, go ahead. Um, the introduction of this film, Shang-Chi, I think also does a, a good enough job establishing like this other group of ten rings that's out in and somewhere between, you know, uh, West, I want to say like like Southwest or Southeast Europe and like bordering Middle East kind of mm-hmm. area. Um, and, and I think about that as well, like, you know, he talks about, oh, the ten rings like had many faces at some point and, and it made that, I, I just want to add, like, I like that now we got an establishing link that is an Iron Man 3. I think it's more geared towards or Shang-Chi's introduction or, or the film's introduction. Right, um, and we also we need to discuss some of the other choreo- fighting choreography um, in the beginning of the film. But let's get into Ben Kingsley first, real uh, fast. Yeah, because uh, I mean, there's not too much we can say about him except that he is awesome. He is. I, <laughs> you Go know ahead. what's funny is that what did I do? I texted you like a week before the movie came out, like when they were doing the premiere, and I saw that he was at the premiere. I was like, oh, Zach, oh, sh-. <laughs> like, is he in this? Does he have somewhat of a role? Is, is yeah, he a, a I, thought, I thought he was just going to be like a one-off scene. I, I was like, if, if he's going to be in the film, he's going to be there for like the Mandarin to like, I don't know, use the Ten Kill. Rings to blow up or something. Yeah. Be like, see, that's that's what I think of the Mandarin. But no, he's actually a contributing uh, member like of the cast. Screen presence. Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of great how they utilized him. Yeah, um, I, and, I and like I said, I think Kingsley must have had he must have had a wonderful time playing. Oh, that's the kind of role that like you just have to have fun with. Yeah, um, he is. So I I love Iron Man three. I think Iron Man three is like one of the best Marvel movies. Do um, you really? I thought I, a lot I of people really, don't like it. I know they're stupid. Um, like Iron Man three is fantastic as a follow up to like the Avengers as as just a standalone Iron Man film. It, there's it's not perfect. I think you know, it's it's you know it's got its flaws, but I think it is at least for me maybe top ten. It may be number ten. But oh wow, I really like Iron Man three. Um, oh, I, I bet you it's actually your twelfth if you were to put it down on paper. Uh yeah, I mean I don't know I I <laughs> that's a we'll save our top twenty five uh Marvel movies oh, for another day Jesus but uh that list is only gonna get uh longer as time goes on but I just you know he was such a funny reveal because like the whole time when I was going into Iron Man three I was like I guess this idea of the Mandarin could work you know a uh, a uh, badass scary Ben Kingsley. But then when it was revealed that he's just like 
just he's like oh I'm on drugs and I'm an actor from Liverpool and I'm just like that's that's pretty funny and it is and to see him here again oh, come on the I, for me the best joke was how relieved he was when everyone else could see Morris and so he was like oh thank god like <laughs> Morris Morris isn't a hallucination <laughs> that's pretty funny and it's, also when when he was playing dead and you knew he was playing dead there's yeah. no way he actually died. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Just he he, mm, just excellent, excellent inclusion into this movie. Uh, I you know I don't know if we'll see him pop up again down the line. I hope we do because um, he is pretty damn funny. Yeah, it was a good time. I will, yeah, this movie was was kind of it was a lot funnier than I than I expected it to be. You know. Yeah. And and that that was. Uh, I don't know. That was nice. So we're a little bit relieving in, in some way, shape, and form. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the the I guess more final parts I want to kind of go back to, um, Justice. We didn't talk about like the use of almost like wire fighting technique. That so was, yeah. Like, in that first fight. Can, the, and, uh, and I know we, we're way past that at this point, but like, dude. No, you, no. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how much of like old like. Like kung fu films you've seen, I, I, I what is, How would you say Wuja, Wuja wire fighting. That's I, like your your uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, yeah, uh, style of like almost like weightless, like air air stepping. And and they for sure utilize that in in that scene between uh, the the two dearly beloveds. Yeah, uh, between Wen Wu and Ying Li. Yeah, that yeah. was a cool, a really cool fight. Um, and, and I just want to say, like, that was one, I think, a great way to pay homage to, like, you know, um, like, Chinese cin- uh, cinema. Yeah. Um, and, two, like, I, I, it didn't even seem out of place. And no, I think it was... at, at that moment, it was when I realized, like, dude, this is, like, Marvel's gone in a completely different direction with this film. They didn't, they, they are trying, like, new shit, you know. And that was super, like, I mean, exciting to see. No, it was it was fantastic. Uh, it works with the, kind of like the magical, um, the the mysticism of the film of like you know the powers that they have and what they yeah. can do, and yeah, seeing uh, Wen Wu and Ying Li kind of fl- like flow around each other and they're fighting almost turns into like dancing. Yeah, and dude. you can kind of you kind of feel that they're like hot for each other it- as they're as they're uh, working things out. It was it was pretty awesome. I I just and, wanted to say that that was probably like one of like my favorite parts of the of the film. For sure. And then um another big thing is when we get to just the main fights of the film, I'm thinking mainly uh the bus fight, the fight in um uh in the the fight club between uh uh Shang-Chi and uh Ling, and even the fight between Shang and Death Dealer. Uh, excellent choreography, excellent camera work. Um, this is the kind of thing, you know, for a long time, I think American films were criticized for their action because uh, you could, you can fake an impact with a good edit, mm-hmm. but it sometimes looks a little, a little fake. <laughs> So to have like long takes of just like you know single 
you know, single shots of like characters trading blows and stuff and uh, them working their way in and around the set. Uh, I just so well done. I I want to say I will be. I'm very interested to know or and to see like how they integrated in the future with like all the other characters. Let's say if, if Shang Chi appears in another property that isn't his own, mm-hmm. um, and see if 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 it translates well or or if they decide to kind of shape him into the other kind of format. Um, well, and I well, hope I hope they they keep like the the main elements the same. To that, that I would nice. I would point you to like the Defenders series on Netflix where it's not perfect, but um they definitely have two characters like uh, Iron Fist and Daredevil who are more martial arts trained mm-hmm. and then you have characters like uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones who are more of like street brawlers mm-hmm. and you kind of see how they pair up against each other and uh, against like when, when they're working together and how it kind of plays off of each other um, to kind of maybe get an idea of where that could go but man I just I loved the th- come on that move where where Shang like flipped off his jacket and then he flipped it back on oh dude it was awesome um, when he, you know, his whole fight with Death Dealer was, I think, I don't know if it was, like, my favorite fight in the thing, but I think it had the most, like, dynamic camera movements. All right, well, and... I agree to a point. I'll tell you what, the, the camera movements, though, for the, the, the bus fight, I want to say were less dynamic. It's just that part, because they, they traded it to, like, a, a virtual CG camera at that point when they moved it mm-hmm. outside the bus and then back in. It, right. To me, it didn't feel very natural, but I think it did get better like with the with the ladder fights. Yeah. And um obviously like uh um when when you get into the stuff in the end, obviously there's a lot more CGI, but I think they did a pretty good job still integrating a lot of the the choreography into the fight uh, yeah. between Shang-Chi and Wenwu even when they do have giant magic CGI bullshit going on. Um, yeah. I, I would have personally liked if it just ended on like a one on one, just just bare knuckle boxing kind of thing. But I understand that's not or flashy and exciting and bare arm arm ringing because arm rings. Oh, there rings, you go. It, they both have five of them. Um, I do want to uh real t- really fast touch on the the sets of the movie because there weren't two like earlier in the film there weren't. There wasn't anything very crazy. I mean, it's like L.A., so L.A. looks like L.A. Go figure. Wait, but I, I thought it was San Francisco. Was it San Francisco? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at that point, I was even expecting, I was hoping to see like some sort of Ant-Man kind of like. That would have been cool. Yeah. But uh, once you get into Jilling's uh, uh, Fight Club, uh, that, that was a very cool set, the, the cage that they have. It was awesome. And uh, everything in Talo looked cool. And um, you you mentioned it before, but yeah, we get some really cool CGI uh, animals. Uh, So we get the uh, Piju, I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, Those are the big, like, lion, tusk-having, giant, like, lion creatures. Uh, There's the the Huli Jing, which are the nine-tailed foxes. The Cheng Huang. Um, which is that that kind of dragon horse? That's the one that uh, Trevor Slater is like. That's a weird horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Morris, who appears to be a Hun Dun. Oh, Morris! He was adorable. 
They should sell plushies, Morris. I guarantee you they're going... I'm going to look right now. <laughs> um, Chi A lot of great Morris. creatures, though. Uh, but I feel like, Zach, there's just yep, the yep, final... The, the, yep. we, we have the final thing to touch on. The, the final that? connective tissue, if you will, to uh, the greater whole that is uh, of this movie. And, and that is the mid-credit scene. Yeah. So, oh, uh, let, so to set it up, earlier in the movie we see um, Wong fighting Abomination of all people. And uh, on that topic, I did, I was curious because Tim Roth is is uncredited in the film, but everywhere it, he's listed as being in the film. And I was like, I wonder if he actually did anything. If he, or, you know, did he actually show up to do any? Yeah thing for that thing uh, for that movie according to Jonathan Schwartz one of the producers he did do some vocalizations for the film that's nice and apparently so. he's set to appear in She-Hulk so you know yeah well we will see and then uh, yeah but then he's like I guess I don't know he's being kept in like some like sorcerer prison with by Wong but Wong shows up at the end he's like hey Shang-Chi Katie c- come with me I, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative Oh my god. And one, you gotta really appreciate uh, Wong as the one coming to talk to them. Yeah. Um, and, and then, I love this kind of cryptic thing that they're analyzing the Ten Rings um, as because there's something inside, a beacon, I think they just said it was. And they don't know who or what it's calling. It's, it's, a, Cap, it's a Captain Marvel situation all over again. Um, and that's super interesting, dude. Like, uh, is there speculation uh, do we know or do we think? How does this, uh... I don't know? It's it because they say, oh, it's it's how how long did he say his father had it for a uh, thousand years? Yeah, I don't know if it maybe has something to do with like the Eternals. Maybe oh, it's some Eternals technology because the Eternals were like seven thousand years, right? Right. So maybe so maybe it's... within within one of those, you know, maybe during. During that whole thing, maybe he'll be. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, and remember that time we lost those those rings that we had on the yeah. ship." My, well, uh-huh. my thought, uh, in addition to that point, is like I don't know how this film or even Eternals connects to like this whole multiverse thing that that Marvel is now kind of you know driving us toward because mm-hmm. we. I mean, we have the tissue with with Wandavision, you know, with Loki. With Spider, uh, no, with no, no way home, Spider Man, um, right. and then you know we'll, I guess we'll, not necessarily get a finale, but we'll get another, you know, climactic piece come Multiverse of Madness featuring Doctor Strange himself, um, right? But yeah, you know, like they're really, like I don't, I don't know how, like what's Shang Chi's role in all of that? Um, we will find out. I mean, this could be just a stepping stone, you know, to. They're 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 stacking the deck for their next big crossover. Yeah, but it was it was cool to see um, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, pop she, up here. I feel they're changing her hair in every movie. Yeah, I don't know if that was a wig. It looked a little off. But um, what what certainly looked different than usual was uh, Bruce Banner and not Professor Hulk. Yeah, what the hell happened there? Yeah, and also ten- like why isn't his arm dead as a human as it was when he was a uh... You know, a, a, a green guy. It was in a sling. But, a sling. Um, it looked like the most healed arm in a sling I've ever seen in my life. 
I just want to know why he's not the Hulk right now. Yeah, um, that is true. Come I do. on, I, I thought, thought he put the I, brains in brawn. Damn it, I, I told you that the other day. <laughs> I know, I remember it. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Maybe they'll touch on it. I mean, I get, obviously, budgetary constraints and just practicality it, it would take a whole thing of like okay I, now we have to animate you know i will Professor say Hulk. i liked seeing him as you know mark ruffalo um yeah. also you could tell like, he's aged like he's got like gray gray hair i mean it's not like he ha- didn't have gray hair before but like i it just i like that these characters are getting older you know yeah. like i like that they're they're not like you know keeping them young and youthful and everything like because there is an entire new generation of heroes like lined up for us, and yeah, uh, yep. you know, like kind of make way, you know, old guys. Uh, the, your time the, the shine fu- has ended. The future is now. Yeah, I mean, ageism. And and, uh, and then yeah, the the post credit scene is we see uh, Jia Ling uh, uh, taking over the Ten Rings, and she's this like, one "Let's was a get to too work." Hyped up, I feel. Yes, I agree. It's, it was I'm, cool, yeah. Um, especially because it's like, oh, is she going to be a bad guy now? Is she going to be um, using the Ten Rings for good? We don't know. Didn't they say the Ten Rings were going to appear again in like Ironheart or something? Well, or they just said wrong? they just said that the Ten Rings will return. Oh, I thought I read an article or something that, that said that. Um, I, I, I mean, you know, I could be very wrong, and I am willing to accept it at a later date. Well, regardless, it it was, you know, I'm sure, I am sure they have a plan, or at the very least, they will come up with something to make it look like they always had a plan. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, But yeah, you know, this is a, this was a really good time at the movies. Um, What a time to be back in the movies. Great to see it in IMAX, great to see the previews in IMAX, except for when we saw the teaser for Dune. for the Dune, and I'm like, <laughs> we saw this a year ago. Oh, by the way, I think you mentioned this to me earlier, but like, happy uh, we saw Tenet, and it sucked anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and like, because like the trailer was like this Tuesday, the trailer for Dune is coming out. We're like, um, uh, this is very in, old. In a month, the movie's coming out. <laughs> yeah, somebody, you know, somebody put the wrong. Uh, you know, bit and yeah, but I just you know, I'm just excited for all these movies coming down the pipe. Uh, I hope Eternals is as good as Shang Chi was. I hope Dune is as good as I hope Eternals is. Hey, Last Night in Soho also coming out. Um, That's right, and you know, there's just a lot to look forward to. Uh, but Zach, that was uh Shang Chi. Um. And hopefully this won't be the last we ever see uh, in his own film for like, you know, I'm hoping they'll give us not eight years before Shang-Chi 2 Electric Boogaloo. I don't think so. I think we're, I think if, you know, I think we're going to see him pop up again real soon. Yeah. Um, at which time I will go and see that movie. Sounds good. Um, oh. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as always... We are your lovely hosts. Hey, and be sure to remember, we are at Supercon this Saturday. That's Saturday the 11th of September. If you see us on Instagram, you see where we're at. We will be posting our locations where we're giving out stickers, and you'll know what we look like. 
uh, come and get one. We have a bunch, and they're awesome. They're cool, and share them with your friends. And if you're not and going to attend, uh, sorry, um, but stay there tuned will be because I'm sure we will have yeah we will have chances to give away stickers and all that. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, uh, tell everyone in between, tell your tell your grandma and grandma um, grandma script screen has stickers at lotus she'll Supercon. be like she'll be like script or screen but i knew them during the war <laughs> oh god but uh <laughs> feel free to follow us on all of our social media platforms at script or screen and visit our website www.scripterscreen.com for past episodes and we will be date. seeing all of you our lovely listeners we will be seeing every single one of you in script or screen year two. Ooh, I feel like I feel like Stranger Things where we get like the and the last thing is like two on top of us. Boom, we're script or screen two. I was gonna say script two screen, but nope, that, can't do that. I think that, that exists already. <laughs> yeah, we can't we talked about that. I can't do that one. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I am Christopher uh, Kitchen. And I am Zach Strachman. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of your listening days. Bye.